Hello and welcome back to Crawford Insights, the podcast where we take a recent post from one of our perspective pieces and go more in-depth with the author. I'm your host, Tom Bueller, Portfolio Manager at Crawford, and today we'll be discussing dividend integrity, now more than ever, with John Crawford IV. Welcome back, John. Glad to have you. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. You know, I kind of feel like we need James Earl Jones to intro the title of this topic. I think he'd do a good job with that. (laughs) Bring him on. (laughs) Maybe next time. We've written about this concept of dividend integrity before, and this uncertain time really seems like a period where investors are interested in finding ways to increase their likelihood of success. By emphasizing dividend integrity, that's exactly what we've done for clients for over 40 years. It is, Tom, and we're passionate about this concept. It's something that's fairly unique to Crawford in terms of our focus and emphasis on companies with these characteristics. We think that today is a particularly apt time to be focused on a strategy like this, just simply because of all the uncertainty, because of the potential for a recession and what that could do to not just the overall economy, but the earnings of the companies that are operating within that economy. And we think this is more important than ever today. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Why don't you give us a high-level overview of dividend integrity, what it means to us here, and why it's such a key component of what we're doing when we're looking to make investments for clients? Sure. It's really what we're all about in terms of our research process, and and that is companies that can consistently pay and increase their dividends regularly over time. And it's not just businesses that are capable of doing this, but it's management teams and boards of directors that are committed to returning capital to shareholders. It's the types of companies that foster consistently rising dividends. It's all of the research that goes into identifying and evaluating these investments, it all leads to a very favorable set of outcomes, which we can talk a little bit more about later in the session. Perfect. In the recent piece, there's a visual in there that kind of displays this graphically. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, but can you describe that a little bit for our listeners? Yeah, Tom, think about kind of a dartboard and dividend integrity is the bullseye, okay? And that's what we're aiming for. That's in our crosshairs whenever we put together a portfolio or analyze individual stocks. And so starting up at the top of the dartboard, if you will, we start with a acknowledgement and an understanding that businesses that effectively allocate capital those tend to outperform over time. So dividend-paying companies tend to do very well on both a relative and absolute basis. There's other ways to return capital through share repurchase, et cetera. But companies that have active capital allocation policies, meaning they reinvest in their business, but they also return capital to shareholders, these tend to provide superior returns over long periods of time. It just so happens that effective capital allocators most typically have businesses that are more predictable with less fundamental risk. And so we can see that in earnings consistency. We see that in the the size of the balance sheet is much smaller. These are more efficient businesses, and they tend to be less capital intensive, so they have to carry less debt, which is a good thing. This all fosters higher profitability and allows management to have the flexibility they need to run the business. And then from there, we've got these really favorable fundamental characteristics that provide some embedded advantages to these businesses. We then seek out companies that are trading at a reasonable price where we can get an attractive valuation or an entry point. The dividend yield is one marker of that valuation. And then all of this quality and value, when we get to the intersect of those two characteristics and we zero in on dividend integrity, it really gives you an enhanced pattern of returns that 
reduces your overall level of portfolio risk. Yeah, and I think that's what it's all about, is that enhanced pattern of return that we're trying to achieve. That's certainly one of the primary outputs, and it's not just the pattern of returns in terms of participating when the market's up and protecting when the market's down, but typically the worse the market decline, the better we expect to do. And so that's kind of when you need the relative performance the most, in our opinion. Do we require that each and every stock we purchase for our clients have each one of these characteristics? No, it's really the composite that you're looking for. They tend to all rhyme with each other and, and they all come together typically, but you might find a company that has a little bit more debt or a company that maybe doesn't have quite as low evaluation. We do insist on quality. We do insist on dividends, and so those are non-negotiable. But sometimes you have to be flexible in terms of the merchandise you choose because if you only pick companies that everybody knows are extremely predictable and extremely consistent and growing at attractive rates, then that's already going to be reflected in the prices. So that's where the due diligence and the analysis and all that comes in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Having that flexibility allows us to go where the opportunities exist. That's right. And so when you move up and down the cap spectrum, some of the small cap companies don't have the length of the dividend history or maybe haven't increased them as consistently. We have to make allowances for the fact that different areas of the market bring different characteristics to the portfolio. So we look at it under a slightly different lens, depending on where the company is and who the peers are. When all of these factors are combined, what does the resulting portfolio look like? It really looks like high quality, which to us means more predictability, more consistency, more visibility, less risk, certainly a stream of income, and a portfolio that is designed to satisfy a myriad of investment objectives, including current income, growth of income, growth of principal value, and importantly, preservation of capital. So those are all things we're striving for. Yeah, those are a good combination to have. You let off your remarks talking about now being a time when dividend integrity is important, just given the environment that we're in. Obviously, the question that everyone keeps asking is, how long will this environment persist and what do we expect going forward? What are our thoughts about how likely we think this scenario is to continue to be with us? I personally think it could be with us for a while because this recession has been talked about for the better part of a year now. We're still adding jobs to the economy, so there's really no evidence of a recession even on the horizon at this point. We know that some of the seeds have been sown that will lead to recession, but we're not seeing a decline in economic activity at this point. And so the longer that goes on and the headwinds to earnings growth that we're seeing in the environment today, whether it be higher interest rates, higher input costs, labor expense, things of this nature, those are all impacting profit margins. And so we've seen earnings estimates come down a bit as a result of that from lower margins. And we think our companies with dividend integrity have a better chance to meet their corporate objectives, to provide the total shareholder returns that we're looking for, and they'll just give you more visibility and predictability. Relative to the current environment, when my dad started this dividend-oriented investment approach, he ran a pretty significant back test 
that was administered by a third-party firm that he hired. It was designed to look back in history and see how these companies with dividend integrity, how they performed. The environment that he was running the test against was one that is somewhat similar to where we are today. Maybe not quite as extreme today as it was back then in the 70s, but what you had was inflation, relatively high energy prices, and you'd just come off of a period where there'd been a lot of economic stimulus applied to the economy. And so these types of companies did extremely well against that backdrop. Then I can only hope that we have a similar outcome this time around. It certainly feels like the environment will be conducive to these types of stocks. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Our listeners may recall that I did a podcast with your dad where he actually pulled out the yellowed pieces of paper from that original backtest. So they're still here in the office tucked away in a drawer, but you know they continue to have relevance, like you said, to the environment that we're in today. Well, John, this concept of dividend integrity has been important for us at Crawford for over 40 years, as we just discussed. It now seems to be gaining importance with other investors, too. So thank you for taking the time to provide some additional detail on it and how we utilize these factors in our stock selection process. That concludes our show today. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out our article, Dividend Integrity, Now More Than Ever, on our website at insights.crawfordinvestment.com forward slash perspectives. Subscribe to our perspectives pieces while you're there, and be sure to join us for another episode next month.